When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the Foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. If you're listening to this episode the day it comes out, then it's Beyonce's birthday. That makes it a holiday already. But if you're listening to this the weekend this episode comes out, you know, normally I drop it on a Thursday. But if you're listening to it in the weekend, that means that it's my birthday. Oh, September 5th, one day after Beyonce. Oh, and I'm just, I'm I'm loving life, y'all. I just really am. It's been a whole year and like, what, a month now? A year and some change since I've been doing this podcast? I still can't believe it. I actually did not intend on even putting out an episode. I was going to do one, uh, you know, on the normal day at first. But then I was like, well, I kind of want to see Shang-Chi. And then Shang-Chi just inspired me so much. You know what? Let's just let me stop rambling. Let's get into it. This is your weekly scripted episode of Reality and Comics 2. Let's do it. That's right. You're listening to Reality and Comics 2 the podcast that discusses all things scripted and unscripted TV and film. I'm Kendra, but most of you know me as your mama's favorite black geek. You want some hot takes about the Real Housewives or Love Island, or maybe you just want some extra insight on the Scarlet Witch or the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, you're in the right place. Grab a cocktail, sit back, and prepare to cuss and fuss right along with me. Don't cry for me. Don't cry for me. Don't do it. It's okay. I'm I'm okay. You know, I'm I'm one year closer to death. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. Hell. I am about to be 32. Oh boy. I you know they say the 30s are your best years of your life. 
okay. <laughs> I'm willing to go along with that. Okay. You know, y'all do a lot of lying anyway. So you, who am I to change y'all's mind? I'll go along with that. Um, y'all, it's my birthday weekend. I really, I had almost decided not to put out an episode, but then I was wondering like, well, am I going to put out an unscripted episode this upcoming week? But then I was like, well, after that Beverly Hills episode, I have to, I might just do an all Beverly Hills episode and then just drop it. I don't think I'm going to drop it on Labor Day. You know, usually I would drop it on a Monday. Maybe I'll drop it on Tuesday and then just come back thursday and get us back on schedule i don't know you know i'll do a little pontificating and a little pondering over the weekend i'll figure it out you know it's it's nothing of a uh, major import that we got to figure out right now but you guys in case you're wondering which i know you are because i'm always wondering when people tell me it's their birthday let me tell you what i'm gonna eat <laughs> so i got a couple of dinners planned this weekend one is with one side of the family, my uh, dad's side of the family, Lord rest his soul. We are going to go to a new Italian restaurant here. And the menu, I mean, look, it. I'm talking about it, it, it's looking scrum diddly I'm just saying, look, they got the jumbo uh, lump crab cakes that they make from scratch. The pictures online looked amazing. Y'all know I don't play by my seafoodington, so I'm excited for it. I'm going to get that. And then I told, okay, let me, let me read the text message that I sent to my cousins. I have two cousins that are actually like planning this for me, so... I told them, I said, go ahead and tell everybody I'm ordering two meals and I'm going to eat half of both meals there. And then when I bring my big ass home later that night, I'm going to eat the other halves at midnight. Like I need y'all to know that. So whoever is going to pay for my dinner because I'm not paying for it. Don't argue with me. Argue with your mammy. Whoever is going to pay for my dinner. I said, tell them to bring your whole purse, not a piece of your purse. Not a not a pocketbook, not a wallet. Mm-mm, don't none of that. Not a coin bag. Even if you even if your ghetto ass uh got a crown roll bag, the purple one that you keep coins in. Uh-uh, don't bring that. Bring your whole purse, cause I'm about to wreak some motherfucking havoc, and I just need y'all to know that. Okay. As long as we got that settled, everything else will go swimmingly. And then I think honestly. I'm probably, I'm not going to lie to y'all, I'm probably going to sneak into a movie theater again this weekend to see Shang-Chi. I don't know if it'll be on Labor Day. I don't know if it'll be, oh boy, maybe I'll celebrate Beyonce's birthday with Shang-Chi again. I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. I'll figure something out. You know, I ain't trying to go to no damn club and you know, I, I don't, I ain't been, no, I don't, can't tell you the last time I've been to a club. Child, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'll save that for when I, you know, meet up with some of my other favorite podcasters and stuff. Maybe if I go down there to Miami and meet up with uh, Kaya and Aaron, maybe they'll, we'll go to a club or something. Child, not the way Florida numbers be spiking. Uh-uh. It'll be in 2026, goddammit. <laughs> maybe I'll go up to the DMV. You know, damn it, the entire podcasting population lives up there. So maybe I'll go up there and, and you know, they'll take me somewhere. I don't know. Honestly, if I could have my choice, my ass would have a group of people that I love and we would just go to like a vineyard or something. I really want to go wine tasting or whiskey tasting or tequila tasting or vodka tasting or or, 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 or cognac tasting or, you know, I want to go some tasting. I'm just saying we'll we'll figure it out the rosé taste. I don't know. We'll we'll I'm going to get somebody to plan it for me. I'm going to get somebody to, to figure it out because, you know, I just want to do the things. OK. If you can't tell, this isn't this isn't the most formulated episode. I just wanted to get on here and talk to y'all, really. I do have a section at the end where I'm going to actually discuss the What If episode, the most recent one, because it was a great episode. I loved it because it really kind of felt like this was the linchpin of kind of like setting up this series. It really kind of felt like this is the one, if you haven't paid attention to any of the other ones, this was the one you needed to focus on because it does feel like all of these episodes, even though they're what if scenarios, it really just feels like they're all different timelines or different universes. And it, it makes it seem like it's all going to, you know, culminate at some point. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it when we get there though. Listen, in case y'all were still wondering, 
that's not the only meal I'm going to eat this weekend. <laughs> yes, I'm back talking about my birthday, okay? Don't argue with me. Once again, argue with... You know what? Don't argue with your mammy this time. Argue with your pappy, okay? Argue with his uh bald-headed ass. Listen, Sunday, I'm probably going to go... There is a steakhouse. I'm trying to say the names of any of these places. Because, you know, apparently, you know, <laughs> not me acting like a celebrity. You know, look, I can't have y'all popping up on me and my family, not me and my kids. I ain't got no damn kids. Y'all know what I mean. But I'm thinking we're going to go to this uh, this steakhouse that I really, really love. And let me tell y'all, every time I like get a hankering for a steakhouse, I always have to make sure they got some real good macaroni because I love eating macaroni with my steak. Like, I like the macaroni that you, you know, they, they get it real cheesy. They bake it. They put some breadcrumbs on it. You know, they do a couple of different type of cheeses. You know, you know what I like, you know, and I don't want to eating it. I don't want like them damn thin ass craft noodles macaronis. Uh-uh, I don't want that. I want like some big, you know, y'all know the kind of macaroni I'm talking about, okay? They're good steakhouse macaroni. That's what I want. Now, will I get it? Yep. Y'all thought I was going to say, no. Nah. Hell yeah, yeah, I'm going to get it. I could, this weekend is going to be amazing. And I want to do some sleeping, okay? I'm just randomly telling y'all about my life. I've had a drink or two. I'm not going to lie to you. Don't be mad at me. Be mad at your mammy, okay? Listen, other than my birthday, let's talk about, <laughs> let's geek out a little bit because I'm over here rambling, not drunk rambling, but just, you know, rambling, rambling. Woody you know what? One thing that I've really been enjoying, I've, you know, I've been really loving uh, What If. I have, I've been really loving it. But the thing I think I've been enjoying most lately is the new season of Titans. Titans is so good on HBO Max now. Like, I don't know. Like, I enjoyed seasons one and two. Don't get me wrong. Because, I, you know, I was the one telling everybody, watch this show because it's, you know, it's really good. It's the one of the one of the better things DC has done. You know, Anna Diop, a.k.a. Starfire, everything I need in life, okay? Uh, Brenton Thwaites, a.k.a. Nightwing, everything I need in life, okay? Joshua Orpin, a.k.a. Superboy, everything I need in life, okay? Those three in particular. And now we got Damaris Lewis. So, like that, listen, you throw in uh, Minka Kelly and with her non-acting ass, Minka Kelly and uh, Alan Richardson, whoo, that's a pretty-ass cast, okay? I know I get on here and I talk about how pretty this cast is all the time, but I just, I, I don't know. I just, they're just the most beautiful cast on TV, and I've said that a million times on Instagram. I've said it a million times on this podcast, and I'm not backing down from it. I don't think there is a more beautiful cast of people on TV. I'm just saying, I don't think maybe if you get like into like the Bachelor, like reality TV, but this is a scripted episode, so we're not going to talk about Bachelor in Paradise and Love Island and all that stuff where you got to be beautiful, but it don't matter because they're not going to love you no way. You know, not one of them kind of shows. We're not talking about those. We're talking about scripted. And I think that this is the most beautiful group of people on television. Now, does that have anything to do with the actual season? No, it doesn't. But I wanted to mention because, ow. So listen, I love that we finally get Red Hood. I love that he's the central villain. Kinda. He, I think he's the central villain, but, you know, obviously there are a lot of different moving parts to this season and you know what low-key with the way that uh nightwing is kind of centered at the show batman is always a damn villain in the background now y'all might not want to agree with that but it's the damn truth i'm just saying batman uh <laughs> batman is, has ruined more lives than he saved hell i night red red hood seems to really be kind of the antagonist this season but something just keeps telling me he's going to have like this kind of redemption arc with them. I don't know. Cause you know, the Titans ain't giving up on no damn body. So I think he'll end up being, you know, a lot closer to them in the end, especially since uh, he working with, uh, Oh Lord, I keep forgetting that damn man's name, but he's working with him. Now he's betrayed him and all this kind of stuff. The most recent episodes, actually the most re two episodes were, so good. One of them was kind of a a flashback, giving us basically 
giving us like a, a, a look into Red Hood's life before he became the Joker, but he kind of gets it, not Joker, child. Listen, I didn't have one too many, okay? <laughs> before he became Red Hood, not Red, damn, Robin, that's it. Robin, before he came, became Batman's jump off, because we all know that's all Robin is anyway. First, it was uh, Dick Grayson jumping off, and then him jumping off, and now we got the new jump off, who I still ain't jumped off nowhere, because he barely been on the damn show. That's a, another topic for another damn day, okay? Listen, I love that episode where we really got the inner workings of uh, <laughs> basically Jason's life. Red Hood, it really kind of, even though it's really kind of showing how the relationship between Robin and uh, and Batman kind of went downhill. And, you know, even though he tried to save him, you know, he's like, come to Europe with me. I'll, you know, we'll just do like this. You don't need to be Robin anymore. That kind of stuff that really kind of, you know, set his ass off and really kind of sent him on the path that he's on now. I think the reason why I'm really enjoying this season so much is I'm really invested in like every single storyline that's going on. I think past seasons, though I loved them because I keep telling y'all I, I wanted y'all to watch them. I really did love these seasons. I think like, you know, some of the Raven stuff was a bit much sometimes. She ain't popped up yet in this, you know, this, in this season. Now I don't know if she will or what, but hell, I don't know. You know, some of it was, I didn't care too much about. That was when, you know, that's when you grab your phone, you start playing, uh, uh, you know, the, the Royal Crush and all that kind of stuff. Mario Kart on your phone. You know, you start playing, you know, the, the teens. You know, you do the teens. Get on Instagram, start checking motherfucking stories, voting in polls, all kind of stuff. You know, you do the things when them storylines are on. But this season, I'm genuinely invested in what I feel like is every single story. I feel like the one right now in this most recent episode, I love that like little glimmer that we might get some kind of deeper connection between Connor and uh, Black Star. I really love that. I think that one, those are two beautiful ass people, so they belong together. <laughs> if they were on Love Island, I'd root for them. But then I'd be uh, mad anytime Connor looked at a white woman because I'm like, oh, why are you looking at a white woman? You got a black Nubian queen right there. What you looking at a white woman for? Oh, you gonna abandon her? She's just a placeholder. That's what we doing. Oh, okay. See, Love Island brings out the worst of me. I'm telling y'all. I don't know what it is about this show. I'm so hooked on it, but it really. It really grinds my gears. That's neither here nor there. Let's move on. <laughs> but this most recent episode of Titans, fantastic. I love that Black Star is really in the mix now because, you know, we got her. They rescued her from uh, from the, like, the dungeon or the basement or the lab, wherever they were. And then we, like, went full-on Red Hood. So we got a week without her when we had just gotten there. But now we're kind of really back into the things. I love seeing, I'm, I'm going to love seeing, I feel like her and Corey's relationship really develop out over the season. I want to see that. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I do love that. And Dick Grayson, Barbara Gordon, child, the Barbara ass. I'm so sick of Barbara. I don't know. <laughs> no, Barbara's okay. Let me not, let me not do Barbara. Cause I was, I was really about to do Barbara. Let me not do Barbara. So you know what? Watch Titans on HBO. My goal was to try to do these episodes to where I could really like deep dive into two episodes in one. So like I would deep dive into what if the first half and then deep dive into like the, the newest Titans. But it's so, it's kind of difficult because of the timing of the episodes. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Like now I've talked about this one. So then I have to wait two more weeks. It's a lot. It don't matter. You know what? Let me just talk to y'all about my movie theater experience and my actual kind of initial reactions about Shang-Chi. Let me start off by saying I, they, in the movie, they pronounce it Shang-Chi. And so I should be saying Shang-Chi, you know, they make it a deal to say his real name. Well, his name in America, like his alias was Sean. And so he barely changed it from Shang-Chi to Sean. But I've been saying Shang-Chi along with everybody else for so long. But I need to be a lot more conscious about conscious about pronouncing it correctly. So I'm going to try my best to say Shang-Chi. 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 From now on. It's probably going to go badly. But charge it 
to my head. Don't charge it to my heart, okay? This movie, this might be my favorite origin story in the MCU, is it? Maybe? I think it might. Listen, this movie ranks very highly for me. Very highly. I loved it. I mean, I loved it from start to finish. There was not one single lull for me. Like, I was enthralled. I was paying attention the entire time. I loved this movie. Now, me, when I'm judging a movie, I'll give y'all, I usually have about five or six, depending on the type of movie it is, usually five or six characteristics or qualities that uh, I look for when I'm judging it. And so, you know, a lot of people might, you know, people try to go real deep. You know, everybody think they uh, uh, got damn Roper and all, you know, I, I don't think I'll let now, but... I'm just saying, I judge my Marvel movies, movies in general, but mainly my Marvel movies on a couple of different factors. One of them being overall entertainment value. When I look back at the movie, can I say that I was thoroughly entertained the entire time? Shang-Chi, yes, I can. I can absolutely say that the movie went from, uh, from feeling very, well, no, it starts off kind of like whimsical, meets kung fu meets love story it was really beautiful the beginning and then it goes into like a very kind of grounded feeling movie where you can really relate to every character you're seeing on on screen shang and katie aquafina and uh simu both of them amazing you really relate to both characters i know at least i can relate to both of them so much and the movie goes from that grounded feeling of you know i'm I'm, I'm, I'm right there with them. I'm on the same journey in life. I relate to this. Oh my God. I know I, I got the degrees too. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. Yada, 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 all of this. And then it goes so mystical, which of course Wong is in it. You know, Dr. Strange, it connects to all of this. It should be a mystical movie. If you've read the comic books, this should be a mystical movie. And this movie felt more mystical than anything we've seen in the MCU thus far. Amazing. It's really one of those movies where if you sit there and you're like, I'm along for the ride, if you really just kind of, you know, let go and let your walls down, just focus on the movie and give in to the, the, the kind of ridiculousness that is the movie sometimes then you really just have no choice but to enjoy it. You know, there are mythical creatures and they're uh, they're in a different, you know, kind of universe almost. It's hard to explain where Tao Lo actually, you know, sits in relation to uh, Earth and our universe and all the kind of stuff. But, you know, you have to watch the movie. It'll kind of explain itself in there. But it really, the movie is, I mean, it's fantastic. Entertainment-wise, I was entertained from start to finish. From start, to post credit scene, okay? The next one, the actual storyline, did it make sense? Did what you know, did I buy it? Was it entertaining enough for me to say, you know what? I see they were making the origin story. I see that I was supposed to root for this hero. I see that there were underlying themes of uh, you know, this, that, and the third. Did all of that convey to me? Absolutely. This story, it, it, I don't know. It it takes a special skill to kind of narrate and tell stories this way. They really, really had a good handle on it. And for a story, this is what's most important. For a character like Shang-Chi that has been retconned. I've talked to y'all about retconning before. Retcon, that's retroactive continuity. That is when, you know, they change a character's either origin or, you know, some kind of detail about the character for future purposes. In this case, Shang-Chi has been retconned so many times. I don't know if y'all know, but uh, it's actually, the movie isn't showing in China right now. It's not showing. I don't think it's going to be shown in China, which is super disappointing because that will really affect the box office. And not only more importantly than that, it's a movie. It's like Marvel's first Asian-led superhero movie. And it sucks that, you know, so many people that want to see this movie won't be able to. The reason why the character's father in the comics a long time ago was based on this super, like, racist character 
and oh god, it it was it was based on like uh, was it Fu Manchu? I think so. I think it was ba- he was based on Fu Manchu, and you know China was like uh-uh, but. Marvel has actually retconned that decades ago, like years ago. Like Shang-Chi pops back up and different father, different origin story, different location. Like the newer comic books are just like the movie where he's in San Francisco. So a lot has changed about the character of Shang-Chi, but I guess it wasn't enough for the Chinese government to actually allow the movie to play in movie theaters. So, you know, that sucks, but we'll just have to make up for it at the U.S. box office, okay? So with that being said... They still managed to convey a story that told and really connected from comics. And even if you're not a comic book person, they told a story that if you paid attention was just told beautifully. You followed right along. You loved everything that was happening. You met the new characters. You related it back to the older movies in the MCU. It's wonderful. I'll tell y'all a little bit about that too a little later on, like about what to watch and all that kind of stuff. But let me get through the rest of these first. The third one, this is when I said, you know, uh, sometimes specific for an action for a Marvel movie or sometimes not. The third one is the actual action and stunt sequences. This movie did that perfectly. The bus scene alone was, oh boy, probably one of my favorite scenes in the MCU. It just, it felt, it felt like we were getting like 30,000 movies in one. It felt like we were getting speed with Sandra Bullock and Keanu. It felt like we were getting, uh, I don't know, like, oh my God, what's that? There's a, uh, a Jackie Chan movie that I love so much. What's it called? I can't think of it, but it's a newer movie. It's not too old where he, uh, where his daughter, he takes her to get the wedding, the prom dress. And, like, somebody set off a bomb in the building, so then he's trying to get answers from the government. I'll think of the name of it, but I love that movie. Uh, He, it felt like so many different movies, but he really kind of made this his own. He had been keeping a secret for so long from Aquafina's character, Katie, and he really had to, like, you know, to get her out of danger... He really had to just, you know, show off his skills. And this we find out he's been, a you know, an assassin for years and years. And, you know, it's a lot. He had to do this because not only did he want to save her, he couldn't let them people get his bright. You know, his mama gave him that necklace. That's my mama bird. That's my mama bird. So, you know, it, it, it did what it needed to do as far as action sequences go. From there to the ending, you know, every action sequence we got in this movie, the, uh, the what are they called? The thing, the scaffolding, is that what it's called? On the side of the building where you're, you know, you putting up shit. That that fight sequence, amazing. The bus fight sequence, amazing. Uh, the actual him and uh, and Jiling <clears throat> fighting in a movie, amazing. I loved it. Action sequences, y'all don't owe me anything. Y'all did what you need to do. Now, the last three might be a little personal to me, but they're what I look for, you know, when I'm trying to judge a movie. Number four replay factor i really judge a movie you know a movie might be just absolutely positively amazing but if i only for some reason whatever the reason may be whether it's whether it's time or you know uh just you know too convoluted whatever the case may be if i want to watch it over and over again then that really says something but if even if a movie is great and i don't want to rewatch it there's a reason why. So that really plays a factor into it too. I can't always say why that is, but it, it's the case. I'm sure y'all have those movies too. Even like length isn't always like the main factor. I immediately think about Zack Snyder's Justice League. That movie is four hours long, but I have probably seen it maybe 10 times. I think probably 10 times. I love that movie. That movie is amazing. Now, you know, he got, you know, a second chance to do it. And he, he got to read fan commentary about why the first one sucked so bad. So, you know, it, it should have been as amazing as it is. But the fact that it is, you know, it doesn't take away from the fact that I love that fucking movie. Just saying. Replay factor is very big for me. I can see myself watching Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings probably once a week. Like, the movie is just amazing. I love it when we get, oh boy, the movie is just amazing. Everything from the mystical creatures to the epic ending battle. I felt like I was watching Game of Thrones back when it was good, where, you know, I remember, I always remember the scene. It was the second to last season when, 
Khaleesi and Jamie come head to head on the field and she rides in on that dragon and she burns everything to hell. I love a dragon, okay? So them riding that dragon in that movie, I feel like I want to see that as often as I fucking possibly can. Number five, cinematography. Now, cinematography is a big word. Literally and figuratively. (laughs) Cinematography really kind of encompasses a lot. When I say cinematography, I'm really talking about like, was the, the artistic vision really kind of executed the way that we expected it to be. And also just like visually, was it a visually appealing movie to me? In my opinion, and this has never changed, Doctor Strange and Black Panther, those are the two most visually appealing Marvel movies. Like none even like even come close to it, in my opinion. I think that the scene where T'Challa is about to uh, you know, fight uh the child with the boy night, uh Mbaku. He's about to fight Mbaku for the uh, you know, the chance to become the king, to become Black Panther. And he, you know, he drinks herbs, but when he gets there and he's walking up and he sees uh Forrest Whitaker, <laughs> raggedy ass Zuri, he sees him standing up there and the colors of the background in this scene, my God, my God, like it's just stunning to watch so beautiful dr strange the scene where she first like takes it like does the astral projection with his body when he comes to the comertage and she does that and she sends him on like this horrific kind of like journey throughout what we now think is like different multiverses or different uh i guess universes it really, that scene alone, like, was just so, like, stupendous and spectacular to actually watch. My God. I think that Shang-Chi now is in that conversation. Those are the three movies that when I think visuals in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, those are the three movies that I'm thinking about. Last, but certainly not least, but certainly the most kind of personal of these, the soundtrack. The score, both of them are pretty important to me. If a movie is scored bad, that can just like ruin the entire fucking tone of the movie and it'll change your entire opinion about it. You might not have thought about it much, but I bet you associate certain like musical combinations and rhythms and patterns. I bet you associate them to certain movies. And if you do, that means that the score was done right. The soundtrack. Though we don't necessarily check for the soundtrack all the time, Marvel movies specifically always usually have an accompanying soundtrack to go along with them. I love, okay, this soundtrack, in my opinion, now this might be controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway. And I'm going to say it on Instagram and publicly when I put this episode out. I think that, this soundtrack, because it, it bangs, I think now that and the Black Panther soundtrack are the ones to be. Like, obviously, Kendrick and Future and all of them, they did the damn thing with that Black Panther soundtrack. I was not expecting the Shang-Chi soundtrack to go the way it goes. That Sway Lee and Janae Aiko song, oh my God, don't leave me in the dark. I love that. So I've been listening to that song all weekend well ever since i saw the movie thursday night but still like they you know they released it a couple of weeks ago i listened to it i was like oh this is really nice but hearing it like in the movie it really kind of made it like oh i love that song so the soundtrack can really kind of decide whether i fuck with a movie or whether i don't i definitely fuck with shang chi and every musical choice that they made throughout this movie the credits everything it was all just Chef's kiss. Loved it. Now I'm going to give y'all a secret number seven. A secret seventh one that is very specific to Marvel movies. And maybe DC movies now too because they some copy kids. But what's very specific to them. Amazing post credit scenes. This post credit. There was a mid credit scene and then there was a post credit scene. Both of them. Fan-fucking-tastic. 
One, because of the cameos. And y'all know I go up for me some Carol Danvers. I hate if y'all haven't seen it. I'm sorry if I just ruined it for y'all. But you listen to this, you know damn well you could have gotten a spoiler. But Bruce Banner and Carol Danvers. I love me some Carol Danvers. Uh, I love me some some Mark Ruffalo. You know, that was some amazing, amazing, amazing cameos. I'm so happy that Marvel, you know, there's a, no matter what fandom we're a part of, there's usually a gross-ass part of it. There's a gross-ass subsection of the Marvel community that really, like, them versus Brie Larson is so gross. Because it's not based on her character. It's not based on the movie. And if it was, then y'all would be treating Chris Hemsworth the same way because both of the, the first Thor movies were ass. Yeah, I said it. And y'all really, like, they they really so focus on her as a human being that they went as far as to try to, you know, get the movie super negatively, negatively reviewed before it was even released. Like they do just like the most random, dumb, hateful shit. And I love like seeing the different audience reaction videos to seeing Captain Marvel pop up in this movie. Everything. I love it. I'm glad Marvel isn't shying away from using their shining star. The woman has a goddamn Oscar and y'all go let her act. Okay, and the Marvels that's coming up, that movie is gonna be her, it's gonna be Kamala Khan, it's gonna be Monica Rambo, and it's gonna be directed by Nia DaCosta, who just was number one at the box office, baby. Okay, I'm looking forward to that movie, I'm looking forward to more Captain Marvel. I love Shang-Chi. Let me get into what if. Oh, actually, before I do that, somebody asked me specifically, a couple of people actually. And said, you know, if I want to see Shang-Chi this weekend, should I watch anything in particular first? You don't need to see anything beforehand, but hard but, strong but like mine, strong but. (laughs) I would say watch Iron Man 3 because that's where we get the name The Mandarin. That's when you find out a little about it. You know, the story is different from that of comics, but... It's good to see that movie to see where the MCU in this movie goes along with it. Plus, you get a returning character from that movie. Also, Marvel did a very short film. It's like 10 minutes long. It's 13 is the runtime, but child, some of that is credit. So Marvel did a short film called All Hail the King. And it's about Trevor Slattery, the actor that, uh, you know, was hired to play the Mandarin. And so... That is good viewing for this as well, because it gets you kind of, it's going to make you laugh one, and then it's going to really kind of give you a sense of that character. So I would very much watch those two things before you go see it. I think that's probably the best idea. If, you know, it'll, it'll make the experience better for you. But if you're just going to, you know, you watching stuff and you just want to, you know, watch some things, then go ahead and watch The Incredible Hulk. And then you'll get to see where Abomination comes from. If you've seen the trailer to Shang-Chi, then you know Wong from Doctor Strange. You know he fights that big monster, Abomination. He originated from the Incredible Hulk. They get into the backstory and all that kind of stuff, how he comes back. So, you know, he he doesn't play a big part in Shang-Chi or anything. But if you want a little more, you know, if you want to be able to say ooh and ah when he pops up on screen, then... Watch The Incredible Hulk. Plus, The Incredible Hulk is a great movie anyway, so it's really kind of underrated, y'all. Quit playing with The Incredible Hulk. And for shits and giggles, since we're talking about Juan so much, I feel like during this episode, watch Doctor Strange again. It's amazing. Watch Doctor Strange. Hell, watch Infinity War, just because you get a good sense of both of their characters in this movie. Now, Doctor Strange doesn't really particularly matter, but you mean you get some mystical stuff, so you might as well you know, kind of refamiliarize yourself with the mystical side of the MCU that seems like it's coming a lot more forward after Shang-Chi. Now, let's get into what if. What if it's the wrong choice? What if the best of intentions have very strange consequences? That's the exact premise of this episode. This episode is what if Doctor Strange lost his heart Instead of his hands. The episode gives us a lot of parallels between this and the Doctor Strange movie. The big difference, or the Nexus event, if you will. You know, we keep talking about those every single episode, ever since Loki. 
is that Christine is in the car with him. Like she's actually accepted the invitation this time. She's in the car with him instead of him being along. And when they get into the accident, like Steven did, that made him, uh, you know, lose the feelings in his hands. She actually dies and he comes out of the accident unscathed. He doesn't lose his hands. He loses his metaphorical heart. He still goes on the same journey, you know, going to Comitage, trying to, you know, I need to become the Sorcerer Supreme, you know. But it's not to heal his hands like, you know, the movie we know. It's basically he wants to do all this to time travel and make sure that Christine lives. After he becomes the Sorcerer Supreme, he uses the Eye of Agamotto, which is, you know, he wears a necklace all the time that has the, uh, the green stone inside one of the Infinity Stones. And he goes back to that night we get basically a montage of him constantly going back and making different decisions that theoretically should keep her alive. Uh, by theoretically, I basically mean, you know, we see a lot of random ass time travel and we, you know, we've seen a lot of time travel movies in our lives. Okay. We've seen a lot of different shit. So theoretically him going back in time should, you know, change some stuff, but you know, according to the MCU, it makes a whole nother, you know, branch timeline and all that kind of shit. You know, everything we learned from Loki, I'm not giving y'all a damn crash course on Loki again. Okay. He, you know, he doesn't try to switch lanes. He takes a different route. Even when they make it there, she actually has a heart attack in one version. She gets shot by a burglar, like afterwards in one version. Her apartment catches on fire when he doesn't go to pick her up that day. So obviously, Sis was meant to die. At some point, the Ancient One comes and tells him that her dying is what makes him seek, like, makes him seek out the mystic arts, and her death is what's called an absolute point in time, which can't be reversed. She must die for him to become Sorcerer Supreme. She blasts him because he doesn't, you know, want to see reason. But I think that if, you know, initially watching this, I thought he had a protection spell in place. And that's why he wound up meeting Obang at, uh, what was it? The, the library of, uh, Cagliostro. I think that's what they call it, child. I love that he delivers the line, you know, uh, maybe here, maybe there. When Dr. Strange was asking about Cagliostro, maybe here, maybe there, maybe nowhere. Of course, we all know that in the MCU, nowhere is a very real place. Now, that's probably not what he was talking about, but a Marvel fan has to kind of wonder, like, oh, nowhere. Is that going to come into effect at some point? I don't know. We love a double entendre, okay? I love that we see runes just popping up all over the place while he's walking through the library. Remember, we learned about runes back when uh, WandaVision was airing. When Wanda winds up in Agatha's basement and she tries to use her powers. And Agatha's like, you know, tough titty tuts. Those are runes all around us. A basic protection spell. Only the witch that cast the runes cast the spells. You know, you remember her teaching about that. So I love that they, like, it's kind of showing us or kind of reinforcing that what if is in the MCU. Now, it might be a different universe. It might be something else, but it really is kind of reinforcing that you need to pay attention to this show in order to move forward with the MCU. Obang takes him to the lost books because he's the librarian of the books of Cag- uh, Cagliostro. I'm a, listen, I'm a trip up every damn time saying that shit. Let me do a quick side note, though. We know Marvel is good for combining characters. Most recently, you know, they did Immortus, which is basically the older version of Kang, Jonathan Majors. And He Who Remains, they were combined into one character, when in comics, they're very separate entities. In comics, Obang is actually the name of Cagliostro, so maybe maybe that's similar to what Marvel has done many times in the show. Anyway, Strange finds the book that he's looking for, the one that's going to tell him about how to break the absolute point in time. He finds out that he needs to gain the power of like absorbing different beings. Now, you know, obviously regular humans are going to do the trick. So when he tries to do this, he bring forth he brings forth many different mythical beings. The first of which looks just like, of course, I've said it a million times, Shuma Garath, who I feel like I've mentioned like every other episode of this podcast when I talk about Doctor Strange. 
This fails, so he actually has to, like, you know, kind of start small, and he gains powers from smaller beings first, one of whom he snatches his uh, Sorcerer Supreme cape from. I think there's actually, like, a Funko Pop out now that has him in this outfit, and the name of it on there is Doctor Strange Supreme, and it references what if, so I'm imagining... You know, it's made specifically for this. So that's just how I'm going to refer to him. Dr. Strange Supreme, okay? Also, since we discussed Shang-Chi, one of the mythical creatures uh, that he brings forth to absorb is a dragon. And it reminds me a lot of the big dragon that we call, obviously, the Great Protector in Shang-Chi. The one that Shang-Chi and his sister are actually riding throughout, uh, like, the ending battle of the movie. I love that we get a lot of the Watcher in this episode. He first pops up and talks about, you know, how he should interfere, but he can't, which we know from comics isn't always true (laughs) because he does it all the goddamn time. Also, he said that even if he did, you know, would it even matter because Doctor Strange is way too cocky to listen to. Obviously, you know, this is especially referring to the first Doctor Strange movie. He was way too cocky to learn anything from anybody. So, you know what? The Watcher may have a point. Strange continues on day and night, day and night, day and night, even circles back around to Shuma Garath, taking on the form of many of these creatures temporarily. He finds out that, you know, while he's doing all of this, Obang has actually been getting older and is about to die. But while they talk, he mentions the other Doctor Strange. He said, you are only half a man living one half a life. The other one decided not to make that choice to, you know, fuck with time that night. When this Doctor Strange goes outside the next day, the one that, you know, decided not to fuck with time, he sees what looks like the effects of Thanos' snap. But, like, it it looks like ink almost instead of dust. So maybe, like, it's a, a live action versus animation, which would make sense, I guess. The Ancient One appears and tells him that, you know, he's the one that's causing this. This is when we find out, because remember I kind of hypothesized earlier. This is when we find out that during that moment between them, she actually drew upon dark magic, like who? Agatha. And split him in two. One stopped living in the past, you know, the one she's actually talking to. And one went to the lost library of Caglioso of Cagliostro, to begin his terribly evil journey. So basically, we have two timelines now. She lets him know that the uh, only outcome for the other Doctor Strange, stopping the absolute point in time, is the destruction of the entire universe. While Wong and Strange, the one that didn't, you know, descend into madness, are talking and planning, Wong even, you know, does a basic protection spell like Acta did, using the runes, he snatched, he's like actually snatched to the other timeline by evil Dr. Strange. <laughs> he tells him he needs him along with, you know, without Wong and the Ancient One because they wouldn't understand. Child, Dr. Strange supremed and lost his damn mind. And then spirits that he's absorbed are trying to escape at the same time, but he won't let him. It's, look, it's a whole damn mess. He needs to merge with the regular Doctor Strange in order to save Christine and stop the absolute point in time. They argue and then like an epic doppelganger battle ensues. Doctor Strange Supreme grows tentacles at one point because remember Shuma Garath is, you know, been absorbed. (laughs) And uh, the regular Doctor Strange is using like the lasso tricks like he did on Thanos in Infinity War. During the fight, Doctor Strange blasts Supreme away and his shadow snatches Doctor Strange to like another dimension or something. I actually thought it was the Watcher that did this. I thought he decided to interfere. But once you actually watch the episode, it's not the Watcher. It's actually Doctor Strange Supreme. He tries to use Christine's like illusion to trick Doctor Strange, but it doesn't work. And it ends up being a trick by him. After it doesn't work, though, he knocks out Doctor Strange and he absorbs him. And now he's finally powerful enough. He's one being and he's strong enough to raise Christine back from the dead. We actually see like the whole car ends up like floating up and she's like turning back into like a a living human being. She's glowing blue at first. Like it's a whole thing. 
Him exerting all this energy, energy though, ends up making him look like all of the mythical creatures that he's absorbed and combined. Christine is freaked the fuck out, <laughs> but quickly realizes that the world around her is like imploding. She like, this is obviously like, it's obvious that it's happening because like the point of, you know, the, the absolute point or whatever is being, has been destroyed now. Now it doesn't exist. And, you know, according to uh, the ancient one, that's not supposed to be the case, but it's happened. So everything is just fucked off. So now we get destruction. Dr. Strange Supreme asked the watcher to interfere, but he tells him, you know, you were warned. Strange barters and barters and tries to trade and says all this stuff, but nothing works. The watcher said, if I could just punish you, I would, but he can't interfere. Like he said before, he makes his exit and well, shit's all fucked up. Okay, people, he completely inks away like the rest of, or she, sorry, she completely inks away like the rest of the universe. So this is almost like, I don't know if it's worse than Thanos is snapping, but it's on par with Thanos is snapping, you know, snapping his finger and wiping out half of existence. So challenge me is it's not the best <laughs> matter of fact i'm about to go vanish <laughs> like uh like christine did and i'm about to go get as drunk as dr strange supreme was acting in this episode and you know what i'll be back with an unscripted episode this week see ya and happy birthday beyonce Eek! through that entire episode well aren't you special you deserve a treat why don't you head on over to apple podcast or stitcher or Podchaser or Castbox and leave me a five-star rating and review for free need to contact me email me at realitycomics2 at gmail.com make sure you follow me on instagram for hilarious memes and up-to-date information about the podcast that's at Reality Comics 2, T-O-O. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.